Hello and welcome to another episode of B2B Nav. In this episode, uh, we're without Matt, but I'm joined by my colleagues Lydia and James, and we're going to be talking about uh, bringing users through uh, the awareness and consideration phase using digital marketing. Mm-hmm. So, James, first of all, over to you. Why are we talking about this topic today? Yeah, so um, it's a topic, obviously, that's really relevant to um, almost anything that we do in digital marketing. Most of our efforts across um, paid social or paid search or organic search or even UX and conversion rate optimization, really the reason that we do those things is to try and um, reach and engage our clients' um, target audiences Uh, online Um, but the point of that engagement and that reach is really to start progressing them along their customer journeys Um, so something that we really champion here at BDB is is right from the start of our activity thinking about what our plan is for each of our audience and each of our audience members one of the the reason we wanted to talk about that today is that um, we're we're doing sort of a two-part thing where we look at how do we first define and reach those audiences and take them through the first steps of their journey from awareness through to um, consideration and that first sort of data capture conversion point. And then um, our colleagues, Demo and Rebecca, will be talking about how we take those leads that we've generated through our content and start progressing them into uh, sort of business inquiries and, and sales opportunities. Um, so maybe a good place to start would be talking about how we um, define those audiences and there's some things that we need to do in order to figure out who it is that we want to reach and then there's some things that we need to do to figure out what that means in terms of um, uh, targeting on digital channels. Mm-hmm. So, so what's, what's the usual starting point for, for thinking about this and is it looking at the audiences first and, and then how does that actually come about in terms of defining those audiences? Yeah, I think the first thing is um, kind of in-depth research. We've got to make sure that we look at um, kind of buyer behaviour, everything on kind of social channels and really, really drill down to the people that are engaging with the brand and and actually buying those products or services. And then we can kind of define those into different kind of business segments and really understand um, the types of people who who are engaging with the brand and who we want to kind of um, look to um, nurture and um, kind of give high value content to as well so I think it's just understanding who these people are what they do where they're most active understanding their challenges and pain points I think is a really important one that we can kind of leverage to um, kind of create content based on that and I think that's a really important thing when we come to look at like messaging and creative and developing these content pieces as well okay so um how long does that process normally take for a client when you start looking at that? Is that something that's that you know is going to take months and it's a really in-depth process, or is it something that can be done quicker? So I think I think there are a, a few key steps, and it, it can depend on um, where that client is up to in their sort of marketing journey. Because there are some things here that we're talking about which aren't necessarily specific to um, digital channels or digital marketing. Um, so sometimes we'll work with clients who have already done a lot of work in defining their um, audience personas and they have a very clear idea of these are the types of people we want to reach in these target industries. Um, sometimes clients won't have uh, already done um, that much work on coming up with their personas and they'll have an idea of who the decision makers are in their target industries but they don't haven't yet mapped out who all the different influencers are or what the different types of decision makers are or what different job roles they might have within those companies mm-hmm. um, so if we need to work with them at that stage that can be a slightly uh, longer process because 
the reason that can take a while is that it's very important to include a, a lot of different stakeholders on the client side to really understand those personas. It, mm-hmm. it can't be something that we just decide um, internally here because we're not uh, the experts on our clients' businesses. They mm-hmm. are. We're the experts mm-hmm. on how to interpret those personas and transpose them onto digital targeting um, profiles, um, which is the next step, right, of, mm-hmm. of defining those audiences. So once... Um, those personas have been developed and those can be used across the wider marketing mix. But once those are in place, we take those and then start um, building targeting profiles on different channels. And that can be a LinkedIn targeting, um, uh, audience targeting profile, sorry, which looks at, for example, a list of target companies and a job titles that we want to reach. It might be different um, uh, social media groups that users are members of. Um, or it could be something a little bit different depending on the channel. So it could be a list of keywords where we're targeting people based on um, what they're looking for. And that's another way of defining an audience persona mm-hmm. on a digital channel. Um, so in terms of uh, how long it takes, it, it really depends. And it's hard to say that it's going to take exactly a week or exactly a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think typically once we're at the stage of building um, digital audiences from existing personas, I would say it takes between two weeks and a month. Okay. But for, for somebody starting out new at this, it's, it's not something that's going to be a lengthy and time-consuming process. It's something that's you know, a fairly short process in, in terms of you know, the grand scheme of things. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think um, the, the really good thing about it is that once you've done that big piece of work, it's something that you can continue to build mm. and evolve over time. So you don't necessarily have to have all the answers about what your audience looks like on digital channels or even in general right from the start. You, you just need a good foundation to build from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a, a big part of the work that we do in our uh, campaign reporting is figuring out um, what our audiences call themselves and what behavior they take online mm-hmm. so that we can keep narrowing it down to, to reach just the most mm-hmm. yeah. um, relevant people. I think that's the point as well. I think sometimes it can be really difficult to reach these people because of the um, how kind of niche, especially um, our um, clients, the industries are really niche and we have to really drill down to the specifics and then it can be really difficult to get the audience sizes to be able to, to reach those people and to mm-hmm. get the message out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's a challenge, but it's just kind of working with what we've got and the attributes that we that we've got available to to build to build that up and mm. like James said, evolve it over time and with new insights we can kind of uh, expand that a little bit more as well. So that's good. okay. So we've defined an audience. <clears throat> as soon as we define the audience and, and we're happy, at least with that first version of it, as you say, James, it might evolve and change over time. Mm. Particularly as you start getting that data in, and you can start understanding how people react. Yes. Um, we find the audience, then we look at where, which channels are applicable because not every channel is applicable to to you know every uh, audience. Yes. I think a common assumption that I've seen in the past is, is hey, let's go use Twitter because we've got lots of followers on Twitter or because there's a lot of people on Twitter. Mm. But I guess you know not every channel is always suitable. Do you want to expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, so um, that, that's exactly right. I think once you've figured out um, exactly who it is that you want to reach for that particular product or service or um, brand awareness effort, the next step is where can you um, first start uh, collecting those audience members and feeding them into the funnel. And there's lots of things that we'll talk about perhaps today, and I think that our, our colleagues, Rebecca and, and Dima, will talk about in more detail as well in terms of how we keep that audience engaged and retarget them after we've um, after we've first drop them into the funnel but in terms of reaching that audience in the in the first place there are a few things to think about when you're signing on the most effective channel i think that the first one to start from is um how can we replicate what we've defined as an audience on 
different channels um, targeting options. Mm-hmm. Um, so LinkedIn is one that we often use as a starting place. And the, the reason that LinkedIn is such a good starting place for digital marketing activity for a B2B audience is that you can define people um, based on their professional attributes. Mm-hmm. So platforms like Facebook and Twitter are very well known for having fantastic reach. And there's a lot of great targeting options there based on what people do in their personal lives and what their personal interests are. Um, but the information is less reliable when it comes to what they do for work, mm-hmm. what their professional needs are, what challenges they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but LinkedIn is a lot more reliable because users are heavily incentivized to be um, honest and comprehensive in what it is that they do for their job Mm -hmm. they're often connected to their colleagues they're often attached to a business that they work for um, and their activity on there as well tends to be Mm -hmm. more engagement with um, uh, content that's relevant to their business and what that means is that we can build profiles that match a b2b persona much more accurately Um, linkedin isn't the only place to start by any means another really good place to start can be um Uh, paid or organic search and the reason for that is that you can qualify your audience not just based on what they um, look like in terms of their demographics or their um, professional profiles but you can base it on what they're actively looking for Um, and that can actually be a really great place to start especially when you have um, uh, a less comprehensive persona established so if you've got a rough idea of who should be interested but you're not 100% interested in who's going to be most, um, uh, who will most benefit from a new product or a new service. Search can be a great way of asking your audience themselves who's most interested because you're targeting people based on what they're looking for. Um, So So they're qualifying themselves effectively. Exactly, yeah. That's a good point because LinkedIn, you kind of get in front of people when they might not necessarily be after that solution or or, or have the time to engage with that. Uh, message but then you know we've paid so they're actively looking for it and I think it's good to get in front of them at that mm-hmm. point yeah I think that's where it comes to thinking about it in terms of the purchase funnel I suppose mm-hmm. isn't it which is that somebody that's actively searching for a solution as you'll often get with with paid search they're more likely to be further down that funnel than yeah. than uh, somebody that you're targeting on LinkedIn where they may or may not be in a buying process you literally have no idea you're just targeting them based on their role and their persona and that's a really good point and that's um that's where you need to sort of qualify how you're reaching your audience based on your understanding of the um market where your product sits in that market and also in what the objectives are of of the overall campaign um and a, a good way of thinking about it i think is that um the advantage of search marketing is that, as you were saying, Ollie, you're targeting people who are already looking for that. Mm-hmm. But the advantage of um, display or trade or paid social, for example, mm-hmm. is that you can reach people who aren't already looking. So yeah. you don't require that existing awareness or understanding of why what your product is good for mm-hmm. to begin. And that's why LinkedIn is probably more often the right very first starting point mm. because often when we're working with our clients their challenge is that they need to educate their audience yeah. as to why what they're offering mm. benefits them yeah. Yeah. Um, and and that's a really good place to start mm. um, and I guess a connected point to that I suppose is that while they might not be in market for a solution at the moment most of the time an audience isn't in market for your product or solution whatever that service is mm. and that opportunity might only come around once a year if, if that often so yes. it, it's it's good to be in front of them and, and have that in mind so when they are in market you're the person that they think yeah. of whereas yeah. if you only start marketing to them when they do actually start thinking about buying a product or, or service yes um, at that point they're already like researching multiple other companies and yeah. you might not have been their first go-to mm-hmm. which you might be able to be if you've already been marketing them the whole time yeah yeah and that's another really good um point about 
uh, activating multiple channels simultaneously. Yeah. Um, I think the temptation is to start with, with just one mm-hmm. and you might do a lot of work in building awareness and understanding in your audience on LinkedIn, for example, and you might explain why what you're offering is so great. And after three months or six months, mm-hmm. maybe a, a really important target decision maker finally understands why they should be interested and they they remember it and they make a google search and you've done all of the work but then a competitor comes up as the first result and they benefit from that understanding that you've won um but if you make sure you've got that presence that you built on social mirrored on search then you can make sure that you're um uh, reaping the the uh uh, rewards of the the awareness activity that you've done um so it is important about thinking um what journey your audience is going to go on across multiple channels not just on on your planned sort of map and I suppose that connects to a point and and you can tell me if this is still something you're seeing but what I saw a few years ago was clients would sometimes be tempted to say we're going to have an awareness phase and that awareness phase will last for three months and we'll we'll do lots of LinkedIn and social media advertising for that awareness phase Mm -hmm. and then after that three-month period we'll go into a, a converting or a lead gen phase where we're trying to convert those users. Yeah. Uh, do you still see that now? And, and do you want to explain why that might not be the best approach? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, awareness should be kind of ongoing. I think kind of like an evergreen campaign, continually raising awareness is, is important so that we can continue with that brand message and get in front of these target personas. Um, and then I think the best way to kind of um, go about lead gen, which I think Demo and Rebecca will be talking about in the um, next um, episode, is kind of going back to that audience and, and remarketing to them because they've already had that initial awareness. We know that they have seen um, our message, the content, the brand, and they're kind of in that next phase, ready to kind of engage a little bit further with um, maybe like downloading a, a white paper or um, yes. a guide or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then speaking of tactics, first move on to the next sort of um, mm. segment of this discussion. So we've, we've got audience, we've established which channels we want to use. Obviously, there's lots and lots of different tactics that can be deployed. So I'm sure we can't go through every one now. Yep. What are some of the tactics that you've seen uh, recently that can be deployed on some of these platforms? And, and how have you seen those work? Yeah, so I think a, a really key um, sort of area of tactics and really relevant to um, try to move your audiences through their customer journeys is retargeting. Mm-hmm. So what are the different ways that you can um, re-engage that audience after you've won that first bit of awareness and make sure that you're moving them in the right direction towards that conversion that you want. Um, and there, there are a couple of tactics that we found are particularly effective as, as starting points. Um, and the idea of both of these is that um, from the wider audience that we target originally with our first kind of run of, of adverts, that we want to, from day one, start adding the most engaged users, users and the users who are sort of putting their hand up and saying, I'm interested in this, at least a little. Mm-hmm. And immediately we want to start adding those to remarketing audiences that we can target with messaging um, that's targeted at somebody who's a little bit further on their customer journey mm-hmm. or has a slightly better understanding of what it is that the client's offering um, or, or maybe has a slightly more urgent need. Mm-hmm. Um, the first of the two tactics I think is worth mentioning is is something called um, video remarketing, which is an option on LinkedIn. Um, so that's building an audience based on um, when a, a user watches a video. So you can say that if a user watches at least 25% of this video advert, that I'd like to save them in, a, in an audience bucket over here to target later. And the good thing about that is that it's... Um, 
it doesn't cut down the audience that much. So you're not saying that unless somebody is ready to click through to a landing page or sign up this form, we're forgetting about them. All we're saying is that if you're interested enough to watch a quarter of our video advert, mm -hmm. then we're going to move you to a, a, it's a very small step, if that, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's a really nice way of just taking people from that first awareness and, and, and beginnings of understanding due to the next stage when you can start talking about some of the more urgent or pressing reasons why they should be interested. Mm -hmm. um, and then the next tactic that we um, employ in those early stages is something called paid search remarketing. Mm -hmm. And again, that's um, based on user engagement, but it's a slightly, um, slightly greater filter because it asks for users to have visited a landing point or a website page before we add them to that audience. Mm -hmm. So we're requiring a bit more of an opt-in from our users before they join yeah. that kind of that kind of bucket. So we've got a video bucket of people who are um, at least a little interested and then we've got our paid search remarketing bucket of website visitors who are, are slightly more interested but we still don't know for sure whether they're going to whether we're going to convert. Um, and then we um, target those users based on searches that they make. And the nice thing about that is we can be a little bit broader in what we um, target them from because we've already know the audience is relevant from previous engagement. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, and, and there are obviously lots of other tactics and I'm mm -hmm. sure that Rebecca and Dima will talk about a few others, but I think those are some um, early stage tactics we use mm -hmm. to start figuring out who in that audience is uh, the most um, likely to progress and, and the most valuable person to progress to the next stage of the of the journeys. I think there's a point worth mentioning here as well because this is where some of those other channels uh, can loop back in mm. that we don't include as often in our initial B2B awareness campaigns. So the likes of Facebook, Twitter mm. and YouTube yes. can potentially loop back in through remarketing. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, yeah. 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 I mean, one of the um, greatest... So those channels are fantastic visual mediums and they're great ways to um, reach people, not just when they're staring at LinkedIn or not when they're actively searching. And, and you can have some really good creative advertising on there that works very well for a B2B message. The challenge is filtering your audience on those platforms so you're only reaching a relevant audience and you're not spending a large amount of budget reaching um, you know, people who, who just don't even work in your industry. But by using retargeting, as you say, on those channels, we can filter that down right from the start to people who we've already qualified as a relevant audience yeah. and just reach the, those people through those channels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an excellent way of using yeah. using those. Uh, and I think one of the connected points to that is it's definitely worth note, noting if you don't look at these sort of stats every day, you might not be aware, is, is the level of cost per click difference between some of these. So LinkedIn yeah. is a fantastic platform for B2B. We all love using it. Mm -hmm. Clicks aren't cheap. No, they're not. Whereas comparatively, I'd say Facebook and Twitter, obviously it varies a lot depending on your audiences, mm -hmm. but Facebook and Twitter are typically quite a bit cheaper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so, with that yeah. you can reach a lot more people as well. So it's just figuring out where your audience are. But yeah, mm -hmm. I think for B2B, it just it comes with that kind of cost implication. Okay. So I guess the next subject, we've got audiences, we've, we've launched campaigns, we've even mm -hmm. remarketed to people in some cases. Um, what about the, the points where we're actually driving people to? Because obviously these uh, landing points or pages are, are an essential part of these uh, campaign success. So what would you typically uh, recommend to clients with regards to these landing points? 
Yeah, I think that that's a really key point. Um, you can have a really great campaign, but then if, if it doesn't translate on the landing page, then that's that's a problem. Um, so I think it's really understanding what the me- the key message is for, for that landing page, what exactly we want users to do, and just really having that um, call to action prominent and clear on the page so that users know exactly what's expected of them when they get there. Mm-hmm. So uh, recently we've been building a lot of, um, as we call them, single focus landing pages, mm-hmm. which... Um, almost just defines that action so that, um, it, for example, the um, advert on LinkedIn could be download the guide, then when they get there, they've got a bit of introductory copy about what the guide is, the call to action is their first thing they see on the page, and then there's a form so they can fill it fill it out and they've got mm-hmm. no distractions and that's, that's the only thing that's expected of them on that page. And from that, we've seen really great conversion rates, but like going into double figures compared to kind of like standard landing pages yeah. with videos and and other types of media. Because I think there's this temptation for, yeah. from a from a client point of view is to say like let's add all this great content mm. to our page. We spent all this money on this video that's mm. being used elsewhere. Let's also put that brand launch video, for example, on our landing page. Let's put this mm. content on our landing page. Let's yeah. put a form on our landing page to download the white paper. But let's also put a contact form on the landing page in case somebody yeah. happens to be ready to buy. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd say, for, from my experience, and, and you can tell me if this is, is what you've seen as well, is typically that's all just distracting from what we really need them to do right now. And I think connected to the point you talked about earlier with trying to get people to contact too soon mm-hmm. really isn't going to work that well and yeah. will just distract people from doing the one action you actually want them to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I, I think that's exactly right. Um, and, and one of the great things about um, a, a digital campaign plan that's really well mapped out one, one of the um, big benefits of that is that you gain a lot of insight into where website visitors have come from um, and that means that you can start tailoring where you send them a lot more accurately so I think a, a reason a lot of websites end up with um, big sprawling pages with all the different offers and all the different products and content pieces on there is because they can't be sure what it is that arriving users are interested in so they have to offer everything mm-hmm. um, but with a well-defined campaign plan you know that somebody who's clicked through this ad or who's been on this journey is looking for that specific piece of content or that specific offer and that means you can create a landing point which is really focused on mm-hmm. that and the user isn't having to fight for all of the stuff that maybe isn't as relevant to mm-hmm. them to arrive at what it is that mm-hmm. they want and what you want them to see mm-hmm. um, I think the other thing to, that's important to touch on when we're talking about conversions is that um, there's a, a conversion step that we want users to take or we think that they need to take mm-hmm. before we put um, a sales proposition in front of them. So when we're talking about conversions at this stage of the journey, we don't mean saying to somebody, now it's time to talk to one of our salespeople, now it's time to talk to an expert. What we really mean is that now that you've got an understanding of why this is relevant to you why it's going to solve challenges for you here's the next step in understanding mm-hmm. what you can do about it and often it's too much of a gap to get from a first understanding of why it might be interesting to talking to one of our clients sales representatives mm-hmm. or making a, a, a an order for example so there's a step in the middle which is um trying to capture the details of those really interested audience members so that we can enroll them into nurture programs Um, and at that point what we try and do is take users to a landing point that offers gated content for example and that could be a webinar or a white paper but something that's very um, high value and offers a lot of insight and we ask users to register their interest at that point 
Yeah. And then once we know, at that point, we've got their details, so we know who they are, what they're interested in, how to contact them. And then we can start nurturing them through a much wider range of channels like email, um, LinkedIn, email messaging, for example. Um, and then we can take them from there through to being a, a customer, hopefully. Um, but that first conversion is the, um, the the bit that we're talking about there, which is, is kind of the first data capture point. Okay. So that's really great. I think one we'll probably wrap up now, but I think it'd be great to put you on the spot for a moment and just say if there's if there's one thing that you wanted to to say to clients to to bear in mind when they're planning out a campaign, what would that be? James, should we start with you? Yeah, sure. I think um, the really important thing to remember is that as with most marketing channels, what particularly for B two B, really what we have to try and do is take users on a journey from awareness through to understanding through to engagement and then finally through to um, conversion and uh, becoming a qualified lead and understanding that there's going to be various steps and touch points on that journey I think is critical to getting it right Mm -hmm. and if you try and design um, a single session journey where somebody sees an advert visits a web page clicks on a form and then suddenly they're a customer um, it might work one out of every million times but it's not going to work enough to give you a good return on your investment in those channels but if you're willing to have a, a plan that spans um, 12 months or, or a couple of years and it takes customers on a journey then you can develop a really um, consistent valuable pipeline mm-hmm. of uh, advocates and um, prospects um, so I think that's the the thing that I would ask ask okay. people to bear in mind I, I would say just kind of, I guess from the beginning of this podcast, take it back to the basics, take it back to that, defining that persona, translating it to the digital channel, really understanding where they are and um, creating content that fits to that platform and that audience. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining us on this episode, both of you. Um, if you've been listening, please uh, feel free to check out uh, b2bknowledge.com, which is our free and ungated resource to help you navigate the B2B marketing landscape. Thank you very much and see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Ali. Bye.